0: Henley Henley. Reading
1: Okay,
0: The voice River Radio Of the Thames Valley Over to the loudspeaker. River Radio Hello? This is only a test This
1: radio station will remain on the air Day and night
0: Across the Thames Valley
1: Turn on the radio
2: and let's have some music Turn it on the way
0: up River Turn it on the way up Radio Spread the word.
2: Hello, my name is Amelia Fish. I am a registered associate nutritionist and you are currently listening to The Reset on River Radio. On today's show, I am delighted to be joined by Dr. Paul Mccardle, a registered dietitian and specialist in diabetes, weight management and mental health. On today's show, we are going to be chatting all about Dr. Paul's expertise with over 20 years experience in this field and his work with the British Soft Drinks Association. We are going to be talking all about sugar and sweeteners, their effect on our health and different types of soft drink. If you have any questions for us today, you can message us in on our Instagram at River Radio Live or email me directly at Amelia at River radio. So, Paul, it is great to have you join me on the show. Welcome. Um, How are you today?
3: I'm great, thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
2: Absolutely. Um, I'm so excited to get chatting all about your experience within soft drinks and sharing a little more about that. But first, could you share a bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I've been... um registered as a dietitian for uh, just over 21 years now. Um, I've worked all of that time in the NHS as well as doing uh, private practice mm-hmm. and most of those 21 years I've specialised in diabetes. Um, so after the first couple of years of my career I started specialising in diabetes um, and I've done quite a bit of work in weight management, uh, mental health, um, you know quite a few different areas. And I still do um, quite a bit of clinical work now so I was I was doing a diabetes clinic just this morning actually.
2: Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Such like an intriguing area. How did you find diabetes? Like when you got into the NHS, was it by a role or did you just find that area really interesting and go into pursuit of it?
3: Well, I, um, I actually had the opportunity to work with a newly formed diabetes um, team. So it was made up of a diabetes nurse, a consultant doctor, a podiatrist or, or a chiropodist. And they were setting up a new service in, in the community. Wow. And um, I was invited to join that new team, um, and it was fantastic. It was such a great way uh, to learn, uh, mm. working closely with those other health professionals and, and develop my skills and expertise in diabetes. So, so I've never wanted to leave it behind. Despite despite changing my role several times and um, you know going into NHS leadership, I've, I've kept that um, diabetes clinical work uh, with me as well, and it stood me really good stead in in all of my research activities as well.
2: Wow, that sounds so interesting. And, you know, over the years that you've been working in this area, have you seen like the clinical picture of the patients who are coming to you change or has it been quite similar?
3: No, it has changed a lot, actually. Patients have become more complex. Um, it's, it's, it's funny because when I was a student dietitian, I remember we used to separate out patient types um, a bit more than we do now. So, for example, you'd learn how to uh, treat a type 2 diabetes, diabetes patient or you'd learn about weight management or you'd learn about different conditions. Uh, and we don't really see those conditions in isolation anymore. But Every patient has multiple conditions, uh, which didn't seem to used to be the case anyway. Um, or, or if that's the case, they're not seen perhaps by people who are as specialist as registered dietitians. Maybe, maybe yeah. they're seen by non non uh, nutrition professionals, and we just see the more complex multi comorbidity mm. patients now. So, yeah, the picture has changed a lot.
2: And if someone thinks that you know maybe they've got risk fats, diabetes, or they've started to notice certain symptoms, where can they get help?
3: Yeah. So the first thing is, if you're not feeling well, obviously you know try try and get an appointment with your with your GP. Mm-hmm. We would be the first port of Absolutely. call. Uh, but anybody um, can go, for example, onto the Diabetes UK website. Mm-hmm. Um, and do the Know Your Risk um, activity where you plug in a few details about yourself. It's really simple. So you just need to know, well, things you would know about yourself, your age, your sex, um, your your height, your waist mm-hmm. circumference, family history, that sort of thing. And it will give you um, a predicted risk of type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and you can then decide based on that whether you should go for for testing. So, so we don't routinely test people to screen for diabetes. We start off mm-hmm. with these screening tools which are pretty accurate at predicting risk me.
2: great that's great advice thank you for sharing that um so we're really going to start getting into today's show which is all about soft drinks but we're going to start with sharing some factual myths kind of statements i've got five of them ready for the show and then dr paul and i are going to chat about these you're going to share lots of uh, your expertise within this area and then we'll come back to them at the end um and summarize the show so the first one that we had was all sugar is bad for our health the second statement is that some, uh, is that sweeteners can be a good alternative for sugar. The third one to think about is the sugar in fruit juice is different to that in soft drinks. The fourth one being carbonated drinks are worse than still drinks for our health. And the final one for today is some soft drinks can have functional benefits. Now, that sounds like quite a lot of things to be chatting about, but um, I guess we better get into it. How are you How are you feeling?
3: yeah that's a lot to cover <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah lots to cover but i guess we'll be giving some resources as you've already shared with us so far of where people mm-hmm. can go for additional help um so the first question you know the today show is all about um sweetened beverages so what is sugar
3: yeah, so sugar is um, a, a sweet substance. It's found actually in all plants, really, in mm. in, in, in some plants in tiny amounts uh, and in other plants in much larger amounts. So if you think about sugar cane or, or sugar beet, um, they, they're very highly concentrated in sugar and that's what we use to mm-hmm. to make sugar. Um, so sugar is a crystalline or powder substance. Um, can be white, can be brown, <laughs> different mm-hmm. levels of processing. Um, and yeah, it's used to make foods and drinks sweeter and you know what we're really talking about about here is not the naturally occurring sugar um, that is mm. in all kind of plant plant term products, um, but free sugars. You know what? Uh-huh. So with, when we extract sugar from sugar beet, sugar cane, we, we we're creating what we call free sugars. And so free sugars are any kind of sugar that is added to the product um, by the consumer, by the manufacturer, by mm-hmm. the cook. Um, And that includes honeys and syrups and jams, um, as well as um, drinks.
2: I think that's such an interesting thing to have brought up, the difference between our natural sugars found in our fruits and some vegetables and then versus these free sugars. And that's really where we're focusing the show on today. Um, But also the fact that those free sugars, as you said, they're not just found in your white table sugar. It's also found in things like honey, agave and things like that, which I don't know about you, but I feel like have a bit of a health halo on. What do you think?
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of patients um, I speak to who, who are shocked when um, when I tell them that we consider the um, the sugar in honey uh, to be equivalent in terms of health as the sugar they have in their sugar bowl. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, people are shocked. And 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 in truth, it's a bit more nuanced than that because actually, the, you know, there are some mm-hmm. potential health benefits to some of these products, yeah. um, but but in terms of the effects of the sugar itself, the effects on your teeth, the effects on um, risk of weight gain, uh, we would look at honey in the same way as we would look at um, the sugar bowl on on the side of your counter at home.
2: Yeah, so interesting, isn't it? And I guess when you chat about some of those um, different things, it's the fact that it may have some additional nutrients in it. However, the amount of sugar in it effectively is the same. What's your opinion then on manuka honey?
3: Yeah, so manuka honey is an interesting one mm. so um, wh- one of the interesting things about manuka honey is there's more there's more sold than, than there is produced so that that's so wow. that's something to watch out for mm. <laughs> there are Absolutely. quite a few of these products in the world which are, have got this um, ported benefit and and people have cottoned onto it so mm-hmm. w- watch out that whether you're buying the real stuff or not yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean I don't think that manuka honey has uh, a particular um, benefit or use in the diet for the average mm-hmm. person um it's mostly a marketing thing um mm. from my point of view yeah yeah
2: it's really interesting that definitely like, important one to distinguish and just whilst we're on the topic of what are sugars how about sugars found in milk and dairy products
3: mm. Yeah, so the sugars found in milk and dairy products are uh, what we call it lactose. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have probably heard of that. Um, probably should start with a little bit of um, sugar science, really.
2: Absolutely,
3: um, go for it. <laughs> so, so sh- sugar is um, is a kind of generic term that doesn't really describe the makeup of these substances accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the, you know, going from the most simple sugar, which is glucose, mm-hmm. you know, which is made up of one building block of uh, of glucose, is Um, is how that's formed, Mm -hmm. right up to the complex starches. They're all based on the same foundation. It's just how many of those building blocks have been put together Mm. and in what form and so the simplest form of sugars we call them monosaccharides which is like glucose Uh, it almost requires no digestion you start digesting that from the moment it goes in your mouth really Um, whereas then we have these things called disaccharides made made up of two um, sugar molecules and lactose is one of those Mm -hmm. Um, and the thing about lactose is because it's a disaccharide and because for example it's in milk or yogurt where it's uh, associated with protein or fat it actually has very Uh, a very slow effect on blood glucose Mm -hmm. so it's one of those sugar types which um, doesn't raise the blood glucose very much it raises the blood glucose quite slowly um so it has very uh, it has no negative health effects um Mm. that we know of
2: and i think that brings us really nicely into something that we we briefly touched on before which is then you've got the sugars found in fruits whole fruits Mm -hmm. versus them them being found in something like a fruit juice how does that vary
3: Yeah, there is a difference, um, obviously, between sugars which are found within the structures of the fruit Mm -hmm. um, that require some digestion. So you digest Mm -hmm. that fruit by chewing it, by going through your stomach and your intestine. Um, And so um, it takes some effort and energy to get the sugar out of that. Um, structure of that fruit also the thing you have to consider is what we call the transit time hopefully um people aren't eating their their breakfast or or Mm -hmm. or lunch but um (laughs) that's how quickly things pass through you
2: (laughs) that was very um, nicely explained
3: (laughs) (laughs) and the transit time for whole fruit obviously is much slower than for juice Mm. um so so there are some benefits there you're getting the fiber and all those things as well um but essentially the, the the sugars in fruit juice although they're the same as the sugars in fruit they're much more readily available and we tend to drink them in much larger or consume in much larger amounts you know to how many oranges does it take to make a glass of orange juice for example Um, you know you wouldn't normally eat that number of oranges in one go uh-huh. And so when we're talking about health, um, you know, the recommendation for, for pure fruit juice, uh, it, it's it's considered a free sugar, mm-hmm. um, a bit like other free sugars. And whilst they have health benefits, we should be consuming them in relatively small amounts.
2: Yeah. Is the portion size something like 125 mils? Is, there, is a portion 150. of yeah. 150 mils is yeah. a portion of fruit yeah. juice, which if yeah. anyone goes and uh, measures that out, is pretty much smaller than any portion size you actually see um which is crazy really
3: yeah but it's a nice it's a nice drink it's a it's Mm -hmm. it's a bit like lots of other drinks it's it's a treat um you know and it's got added benefits of vitamins and if you have the stuff with the bits in, it's giving you a bit of fiber as well so it's not all bad
2: and no definitely not and it's definitely not something that you have to you know exclude from your diet it's just like to be aware that we've got that portion size recommendation there um but you know i always do think If you're having a really quick breakfast, you know, you're in a super big rush and you've got your Weetabix cereal in front of you. So you've got some fiber there. you've, You've put on some milk and then you grab a glass of orange juices. That's the best you can do in the morning. You're doing pretty well.
3: I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so I guess we've started to introduce, you know, what sugar is. Um, but then on the other hand, especially when we're chatting about uh, sweetened beverages, you, we've got these um, sweeteners um, and non-sugar sweeteners specifically is what I'm ta- talking about. So what's the difference? What are they? How do they differ from sugar?
3: Well, quite different. Um, quite- they're quite different from sugar um, so they're substances which are quite diverse mm-hmm. so so as sort of you know there's the structure of the chemical makeup of these of these substances they're not all the same um, some of them are very similar to sugar um, structurally mm-hmm. um, some are derived from plants um, but they've been around for for a very long time some of these so in fact um, mm-hmm. some of the oldest ones have been around since the 1800s since wow. they since they were discovered um, so basically these are uh, food ingredients which are intensely sweet mm-hmm. um, and that is a key thing about them so because they're so intensely sweet um, even if they do have a calorific value they're used in such tiny amounts that they don't actually supply any calories mm-hmm. um, where they're used yeah. so, so some of them may have a similar calorie value to sugar but because they're used in any you other know, 200, 300 times sweeter than sugar Mm -hmm. um the amount that you actually need to get the sweetness doesn't doesn't confer any any calories in the in the products
2: that's so much sweet 200 to 300 times sweeter certain sweeteners are than sugar
3: yeah some are more than that some more than that yeah
2: that's amazing and Mm. um what what are these like do you have any examples of sweeteners that people may recognize if you know to help yeah
3: yeah so there are uh, 11 approved for use in Mm -hmm. the uk Um, And some of the common ones are aspartame, Mm -hmm. sucralose, Mm -hmm. stevia,
2: Mm
3: aciflame-K, which is a nice, easy one to say. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
3: Saccharin. Uh Saccharin is the one that's been around since the 1800s. (laughs) Interesting.
2: Um, And I guess, so I think a lot of people are aware that sugar is coming from plants so they would effectively think maybe that it's natural but these sweeteners they're not so aware what they are where they're coming from um but as you say like some of these have been around since the 1800s and especially when we're chatting about the different health effects compared to sugar as you said you're having them in such a smaller amount but also there is a lot of research there so Mm -hmm. what does that research say you know when you're comparing the different health effects of sweeteners versus sugar
3: yeah, so like any food ingredient, um, the non-nutritive sweeteners, they need to go through extensive testing yes. uh, for safety, um, and and they have done, and some of them have actually been subjected to hundreds of studies. In fact, um, in fact, there are sometimes more studies demonstrating the safety of your sweetener than there are of your medicines that you take.
4: Wow. Um,
3: so so organisations like the European Food Safety Authority, the mm-hmm. you know in in Europe, in America, the Food and Drug Administration, they, they they've all approved these sweeteners as being safe for use. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the important aspects in the research about um, sweetener safety is setting this thing called the ADI, which is the acceptable daily intake. Mm-hmm. So the, the acceptable daily intake is the level at which you could safely consume that ingredient for the rest of your life and have no harm, mm-hmm. so so it's it's a really really safe level, yeah. Um, and it's been set at 100 times below the level in which harm was observed in rats, yeah. So wow. so it's really really safe. <laughs> so basically, and, and, and actually, this ADI, the acceptable intake, it's um, it's different for each uh, sweetener, mm-hmm. um, and it's individualised. It's based on your own body weight, so mm-hmm. it's an amount of that sweetener per kilogram of your body weight. And um, it it actually relates to quite large quantities that most people would never consume. Uh, In fact, I've never come across, well, I've come across maybe one person in my 21-year career who I had to say, I think you're getting close to the ADI and and, and should consider Mm. changing. Um, And that's equivalent to about 15, 16 cans of uh, fizzy drink.
2: And that would be having that every day for years.
3: It's about lifetime exposure, exactly. So, so it's a really safe level. So, mm-hmm. in terms of you know the the safety element, we're pretty well um, assured of that, uh, and there are no concerns.
2: That's so interesting, and it's really good to hear like from yourself, who's been in this field for so long, about that. Because I definitely think, especially when you look in the media, it's, there are some confusing messages around the you know the health effects of sugar and sweeteners, and um i hear it all the time uh what what should i be choosing if i go into the supermarket and there's a full fat version of a drink with uh sugar in it and then there's you know the so called diet version or the low sugar version which one should i be choosing
3: yeah well it's it's i mean the great thing that in what you're asking there is that it's a choice isn't it <laughs> people get to choose and uh different things will suit different people so you know not everybody um you know we'll we'll go for the non sugar sweetener version some people go for the full sugar mm-hmm. sweetener version you know they they both have their place mm-hmm. however having said that our drive for public health in in the UK is to reduce free sugar mm-hmm. intake um and sugar sweetened uh, beverages particularly amongst teenagers for example yeah. that's one one particular group are are a big source of their free sugar intake mm-hmm. um and so unless you've got a particular reason for wanting the sugar or, ne- or needing the sugar I would invariably Mm. advise people to go for the for the non-sugar sweetened versions. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh I think that's such a great answer and as well like just being aware that we're all individuals you know different things will suit different people and we're all different every day so maybe one day you can choose one the other day you can choose another and I loved how you put that that we have a choice and it is great in the UK that we can make that choice and just having a bit of education especially like listening to someone like yourself we can make an informed decision about which one we're going to choose that day um we're gonna get into our first song of the show very shortly but I just thought before we get into that um today's show is all about uh beverages and sweetened beverages however we're chatting so much about sugar I thought it was quite important to highlight where else can we find uh sugar in for example in foods
3: where else do we find sugar in foods? Yeah. Well, fruit fruit is the main uh-huh. um, main place. I mean, like I said at the start of the of the show, all plants have mm. sugar in them in yeah. some form or another. So if you look up, you know, peas, carrots, tiny amounts of sugar in them. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and if you're somebody who who eats a very low sugar diet, you taste that in in, uh-huh. in some vegetables. You can taste the sugar. Parsnips, for example. You know, so mm. so there's sugar in lots of things. Um, and 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 where it's naturally occurring, where it's in 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 fruits, vegetables, etc we don't Mm -hmm. even really worry about that Uh that's just present in the diet uh as you've mentioned already milk um so milk and yogurt would would contain lactose that's naturally present Mm -hmm. um so those are the main main sort of natural sources of sugar Uh in the diet without any being added
2: and how about places where they're added where where is it hidden that we might not be aware that it's actually in
3: Oh where is it hidden? Well I think I think I, I always think that these um people talk about hidden sugars mm. uh, but I always think they're a little bit too obvious nowadays <laughs> because people have talked about them so much but you know there's some in um in sauces mm-hmm. say you know uh, tomato sauce, for example, yeah. you know, ketchup, um, canned foods. So sometimes you'll get some in baked beans or canned vegetables have it mm-hmm. added sometimes. Um, but actually, what's what's great about those is they're plastering on the front of the products now that they're no added sugar or um, or that they're fifty percent reduced sugar uh, and salt as well, which is also mm-hmm. important. So um, so it's really easy for the consumer to think, oh, do I want the the original version with the sugar added, or do I want the healthier version with the sugar reduced?
2: Yeah, so interesting. And I think um, the one that I learned about when I was at uni was Heinz Tomato Soup. And there's other brands that you can get uh, tomato soup from as well. Um, But specifically, they've made an effort to reduce the amount of sugar in their product, I believe. And if we were to taste it from 20 years ago compared to now, we actually probably wouldn't like the one before, but they've gradually reduced it so much um, that we now... We now prefer the one that we've got today. But um, I think it's really interesting that adaptation that we can have... So, going mm-hmm. from lots of sugar in our diets, if you dropped it straight away, you would notice. But if we yes. gradually change it, our taste buds can adapt, which I think is really interesting.
3: Absolutely. You ask somebody who 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 used to take sugar in their tea or yes. coffee, and <laughs> um and ha- and now doesn't, ask them to t- to drink one with the same amount of sugar and they used to mm. take, um and and yeah, they won't appreciate it probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know it's crazy, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, we're going to be coming back after this song, and we're going to be chatting lots more about sugar. Sweet and beverages, and later on in the show, giving some advice. But for now, we're going to play another song. So we're going to play "Anyone for You" by George Ezra.
0: Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Ooh. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.
4: She just turned 21 and I said, here's my number, hit me up, if you're needing anyone, then I could be anyone. the way I was.
2: To the reset on River Radio today, I am joined by Dr. Paul McCardle, and we are chatting all about sugar and sweeteners and sugar sweetened beverages. Um, so far, we have shak- spoken about what sugar is, sweeteners and some low sugar drinks is what's coming up now. Later on in the show we're going to be giving some advice regarding soft drinks Um, but I'm really excited to chat now about different types of soft drinks and then you know really why this show is so important which is going to be what um, why we need to be aware of high sugar in our diets. If you have missed any of the show so far and would like to catch up do not worry as this show will be recorded and released shortly after the live show as a podcast and can be found on all your main podcast streaming platforms including apple and spotify so paul i'm really excited you know to get into this part of the show where we're going to start chatting about uh some of those different uh specifically some of those different sugar sweetened beverages um and how some of them may have a place in our certain people's diets and you know we've already spoken about how unique each of us are um and then getting into why we really need this conversation so the first one that I really wanted to ask you about was energy drinks and sports drinks where's the sugar in them and do they have a place in some of our diets
3: yeah, absolutely, they do. And, and, and to easily answer your question, <laughs> um, so I'll pick up sports drinks first of all mm-hmm. because, really, uh, you know, sports drinks are often more about hydration than they are about energy and, mm-hmm. and, and sugar. Um, so if you if you think of the word isotonic, you know, you often hear about the word isotonic. A lot of sport drinks are isotonic, which means that the the sort of um, the the um, the concentration of that fluid if you like is Mm -hmm. similar more similar to your body's own fluids uh, compared to water so it gets more easily absorbed and that's why people use sport drinks it really should be for hydration Mm -hmm. so as part of creating that effect they do have a bit of sugar in them usually Um, people can make make up their own um, sports drinks at home using squash there are recipes you can you Mm -hmm. can get online and that wouldn't be a a low sugar squash that would be a standard Mm -hmm. one probably Um, so that's you know sports drinks definitely have a place in people who doing um more than an average amount of exercise you know Mm -hmm. if you're if you're just exercising for an hour at the gym you don't need a sports drink um or a protein shake (laughs) for that matter Uh, (laughs) but if you're if you're doing if you're doing a bit more then then you probably need those to use Mm. some of those products or if it's very very hot outside absolutely um, i think it's
2: very interesting that you can make your own as well at home because that gives a really good um more economic option for other people as well
3: yeah, yeah. So there are recipes out there, like I said, just using squash. Um, so, so yeah. And then for for energy drinks, yeah. So it's interesting. I always find energy drinks is a bit of a, a bit of a misnomer because um, if you think about energy drinks, some of them have um, sugar and some of them don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so and so the energy is coming from the sort of amino acids or from the caffeine or, or something like that in, in the energy drinks as yeah. well, isn't it? That, so the, the the claim from those products is that they they give you a boost of energy, and of course we know caffeine certainly does boost your your mm-hmm. performance. Um, But yeah, so the sugar in those, um, some people might need it, you know, they might need it for exercise, they might need it, um, for example, if they've got diabetes and they're, you know, treating a a low blood glucose, um, or they may just need to top up their energy intake um, for the the day.
2: And just on that point with um, people who are living with diabetes and them sometimes needing sugar and sometimes not, um, I know this is an area that can, you know, it can be a bit confusing for some people. So what do you mean by why would they need it?
3: Yeah. So, well, let's look at diabetes a, a little bit then. So so in type 2 diabetes, if you're not treated with any medication um, or particularly no medication that lowers the blood glucose too much, um, mm-hmm. then you're not going to have a low blood glucose. It mm-hmm. doesn't happen spontaneously. Um, but in type 1 diabetes, which is probably where I was referring to, um, type 1 diabetes is always treated with insulin injections. Um, and there is a risk with, you know, with getting the blood glucose to be as well controlled as, as somebody that doesn't have diabetes. Is you're going to have low blood glucose. Mm -hmm. It's it's unavoidable, Um, and in those instances, they need to treat that low blood glucose with a a very uh, quickly acting carbohydrate, ideally in the form of glucose. Mm -hmm. And the best form the best forms to get that is in drinks. Um, So we would we would routinely recommend things like. I don't want to mention too many too many brands, no. but, but you know um, famous sports drinks would be mm-hmm. a good one. <laughs> yes, um, You're,
2: the ones that you'll find on the shelves in your supermarket yeah, are, exactly. are an option there.
3: Yeah, exactly. So so in that case, it's all, you know it's part of their therapeutic approach to managing their condition. Mm-hmm. But you know, and that's why when people say, "Oh, we should just remove all sugary drinks," um, you know, we should just put, put uh, only only have drinks with no with no sugar mm. in. It's not realistic, is it? And you know, no. people like that. People like that taste. Um, some people need it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um, so I think choi- choice is the key word for me. It's always a key word.
2: Absolutely, and it's also about, as you say, enjoyment. Like I always chat about having a sustainable diet, and part of that is one that you will. Uh, continue in the long term you know it's sustainable for you and it's got to include those things that you do enjoy too because what I tend to find with people is if they cut something out completely that's all they ever want and that they're constantly thinking about that and that doesn't really support a healthy relationship with food
3: no and actually I, w- I was listening to one of your shows from the behavior specialist and it made me think about the um the, the fact that there is some evidence that satisfying uh, sweet cravings mm-hmm. with a with a um, a no sugar you know low calorie sweetener um sweetened beverage Mm -hmm. can actually help you to maintain um your approach to your diet and uh, can limit you going off to satisfy those sweet cravings with food so so you know they have a place
2: very interesting and just before we get on to you know how high sugar in our diets can affect our health i wanted to ask about um your opinion on carbonated water and things like that
3: yeah again it's it's about choice and options mm-hmm. in my view um you know o- obviously um water would be the best um drink for people to have yes. um we're always going to promote promote still water first and f- f- foremost um but that's not realistic mm-hmm. and occasionally people want a different experience you know i myself am the same you know yeah. occasionally i want something carbonated or fizzy because i enjoy it yeah. um so you know whilst there's no other than water there's no perfect drink yeah. mm-hmm. um you know carbonated water is fine as a as something to enjoy occasionally yeah.
2: and how much we're chatting about like you know focusing on water mainly and then having other drinks um in our diet but they also do contribute to our fluid intake how much fluid mm. should we be aiming for a day
3: yeah, this is this is the um, this is the big question, isn't it? So it is. everybody talks about needing two litres of fluid a day mm. um, and that's a very generic amount of fluid. Um, there's a formula, you know, being mm. um, it, being in the profession you're in, you'll, you'll know the formula and, and, and we can we can pretty much work out on 35 milliliters of fluid per kilo of body weight per day. Yeah. The person's average needs. So for me, that comes out based on my weight. That comes out about two and a half liters Mm -hmm. a day. I drink way more than two and a half liters a day. Mm -hmm. If I if I only drank two and a half liters a day, I'd I'd be really thirsty. Uh So it's very individual, you know. Some people will drink less than that um, and and be fine. Mm-hmm. And the way there's a couple of ways to tell. And one way is, you know, if you're experiencing thirst, then you probably need to drink a really more. Really good indication, <laughs> isn't it? And, and, and another way is if you're um, if if you look at the color of your pee, mm-hmm. um, and if the color of your pee is any darker than light straw, mm-hmm. you probably need to drink more. Now there is a bit of a, a footnote with that one because things other things affect the color of your pee, such be as uh, food, yeah, food, <laughs> medication, John Beaver. Vitamins that can make your yeah. pee a bit darker or even green. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, so just you know, be, beware some of those things that can affect the color of your pee. But it is a good, it's a good marker. Um, so yeah, and, and also if you if you're eating um, the kind of um, healthy diet that we're promoting, that is full of fruits and vegetables and salad, yeah. you're getting fluid from those foods as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the contribution of your of the food that you eat to your fluid intake is quite significant. Mm,
0: absolutely. So pe-
3: people who are over restricting their diet or you know or um or or missing meals need to drink more Mm
2: -hmm. i (laughs) think um there's a really interesting thing as well you know if you get to that point where you are really thirsty it's been really hot lately and people are getting more thirsty because we're sweating out that so we need to replace some of the fluids that we're Mm -hmm. losing via sweat Um, but then you have a glass of water and you think okay I'm satisfied and then five minutes later you're suddenly like oh I'm thirsty again Mm. and it's a really interesting um, biological Mm. mechanism that we have I don't know if you Mm. can explain it a little bit more
3: yeah, I mean our thirst, um, the thing about thirst is is you you need to keep topping your fluid up. If you the quicker you fill up your stomach with, with fluid, mm-hmm. the quicker it's gonna empty and yeah. the quicker your bladder will fill up and you know you'll just go and, and pee it out. Yeah. So so there is something about how quickly you drink and mm-hmm. how often you drink. So, you know, if you're trying to rehydrate or you're trying to maintain your hydration levels, you don't want to just drink big pints of water and, and then forget about it for mm-hmm. hours on end. You, you need to keep topping it up little and often.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Best piece of advice is, you know, if we sit at a desk, have a have a glass of water on your desk Mm. if you're out and about always yeah we've we've both got got water water on on (laughs) on our desk right now um just have it right by you um make it easy for yourself Mm. you know it it's a great way of doing it um but i'm aware that this show is going so so quickly i could chat with you about (laughs) all of this for hours but i do want to get on to you know the real point of why we're chatting about this today which is Why is having a dietary pattern which is really high in these things that Mm -hmm. we're calling free sugars a concern?
3: Yeah, so uh, the concern about a diet. Well, I mean, a diet too much in any one thing is not good, is mm-hmm. it? So we, we, you know, we've got to look at things in terms of balance. Yeah. But but when we look at free sugars, consuming too many free sugars is associated with an increased risk of, risk of weight gain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also increased uh, risk of dental caries or, or tooth yeah. decay. So um, so those are the two main areas. Pe- people often think that eating sugar causes diabetes, mm. and um, th- that's a bit of a, a myth. Because because there's an indirect link between too much free sugar, gaining weight, and risk of type two diabetes. So the yeah. mediator there is the weight. Yeah. Um, so we need to make sure we're remembering that people didn't get people didn't get type two diabetes from consuming sugar, mm-hmm. unless unless of course it contributed to their weight intake. Mm-hmm. So really, um, and and the health risks are greater in the context of a um, if you're in. Um, positive energy balance so in other words if you're if you're carrying excess weight and, and you're consuming too many calories then having too much sugar as part of that diet is particularly harmful mm-hmm. so so that's the thing we're focused on really
2: no that's really interesting um definitely looking at all of those different factors there and you know bringing up awareness of things like our tooth health as well um Mm -hmm. i -hmm. know as well there's some studies and i really want to look to you for this like regarding our gut health and then both regarding sugar and Mm -hmm. also sweetness um Mm -hmm. and how how they play a role there
3: yeah so gut health is a really um emerging area isn't it in, in mm. nutrition science and it's becoming increasingly popular as, as a topic but uh, but I'll, I'll deal with the sweeteners first of all because actually 90 odd percent of the research into gut health and sweeteners has been done in rats <laughs> um, and, and what they do is they give um, they give the rats an amount of product which is far in excess of the amount that um, we would ever consume mm-hmm. as humans and then and then and then they notice effects on their gut Microbiota, which is you know, mm. big surprise. So um, I don't, I don't really hold much stock in in the rat research. There's only really two um, two decent RCTs done in humans mm-hmm. in relation to um, gut health and sweeteners, and uh, one of them found no effect at all, mm-hmm. and one of them found uh, a very minimal effect, which actually um, doesn't seem to play out on um, having an impact. So, mm-hmm. so, 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 yeah. So the, the research into gut health and sweeteners suggests little or no effect, basically. And I, yeah. and if you think about it, we consume them in such tiny amounts, yeah. um, and most of them actually are unchanged in digestion. They mm. uh, they're excreted very similarly to how they're you know they're. Um, they're consumed. So they don't undergo metabolism a lot of them. So you sort you would wonder what would be the mechanism for affecting um affecting gut health. Really interesting. And and gut health is is um such a complex area that's affected by so many things isn't it so on to your second point about sugar really um you know i'm not an expert in gut health but i do know that the diversity of your diet is the most important thing for gut health Mm -hmm. and and typically people who consume very high sugar diets don't have a diverse diet where they're consuming a wide range of fruits and vegetables um minimally processed foods etc so so a high high sugar diet usually goes alongside more processed foods Mm -hmm. less healthy foods less diverse diet and so yeah I would expect that to have an impact on on gut health so
2: yeah I it's so interesting there as well like it's a lot more complicated than just looking at one nutrient. And as exactly. you say, with some of the research, especially that done on... So we've got it done on animals, which is hard to generalise to humans anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just giving them a really high dose of this one sweetener rather mm. than you know a whole dietary pattern, which we do eat as, as mm. um, people. We don't just eat a nutrient or a single food. We eat a whole dietary pattern. So I guess it's really important here that we... Uh, put it in the context of what you're eating as a whole and especially with our gut health but all the other health things that we've spoken about today having variety in our diet is so important
3: I agree. We, we need to get beyond the vilification of single nutrients um, or, or ingredients. Um, but despite having done a PhD in carbohydrates, <laughs> I, um, I I wholly believe in the whole diet approach.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. It's, but it's, it's good, I guess, for us to understand how it all works so we can try and put a picture together of it in combination. Um, but even within carbohydrates, there's so many different types there. So there's so many things to think about, isn't it? Mm. Um, Well, it was so interesting to touch on the health effect there. And we're going to play another song now, and then we're going to come back after that and chat about some advice that you two can put into practice. So we're now going to play As It Was by Harry Styles.
0: Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. to know that you're well.
2: this is Amelia Fish. I am a registered associate nutritionist and you are currently listening to The Reset on River Radio. You can find us across all social media platforms um, by searching for River Radio Live and on our website at river.radio. Today I am joined by Dr Paul McArdle representing the British Soft Drinks Association and we are chatting all about sugar, sweeteners and soft drinks. If you have missed today's show and would like to catch up, do not worry as the show will be, be released shortly after the live show as a podcast and can be found on all your main podcast platforms. If you have any questions for us today, you can message us in on our social medias at River Radio Live or email me directly at amelia at river radio. Now, Paul, I'm really looking forward to this part of the show because it's where we get to give our listeners some advice based on what we've been chatting about. So if you were chatting with someone about looking to reduce their sugar intake, specifically that from sugar-sweetened drinks, what advice would you give them?
3: Um, look at labels, mm-hmm. yeah, um, because labels give you a lot of information about wh- what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, we've, we've had a reduction in the sugar intake um, mm. through, through drinks since the soft drinks levy. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's been some reformulation. Of products, uh, which has reduced the sugar intake um, of of the nation, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so you know, actually, we we did we did a survey in the British Soft Drinks Association and found that um, only uh, about half of people recognise soft drinks as a tool to contribute to weight management mm-hmm. um and so therefore we we want to highlight that this they do have an impact there was yeah. a recent study this just this year actually showing that you can get um an, a reduction in weight by by swapping a sugar sweetened beverage for a non-sugar sweetened beverage wow. um and in fact it was found to be more effective than uh, swapping for water so um, you know that's that's really powerful, and mm. giving people information like that helps them to make informed decisions. Uh, and that's really what what, what I'm about. So yeah. you know, look at look on the supermarket shelves, look at what's available. Some some people are unclear about recognising these products, mm-hmm. um, but if you want to switch, then look for things like zero, diet, Z, yeah. um, you know, light. So they've got all sorts of different names, but they're usually quite well labelled.
2: Yeah, it's such good advice as well. Like, So ultimately, we should be aiming to get our majority of fluids through water. But as a mm-hmm. good stepping stone, you know, if you're currently having the sugar version of a drink, it, would you say it's a good stepping stone to take uh, for now the sweetened, sh- the sugar, sweeten- the sh- <laughs> I can't get out my words, there's <laughs> too many words, of the same. <laughs>
3: the s- switch the sugar sweetened to the non-sugar sweetened. Ex- yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I would do, I would do. I mean, you know, it's unrealistic to expect people to go from from. From drinking sugar sweetened drinks to only having water, mm-hmm. um, and actually, as we've said, you know, it gives people pleasure. We have yeah. an innate we have an innate desire for for the sweet taste. So, exactly. so you know, if you want to satisfy that as part of a healthy diet, mm-hmm. switching from the sugar sweetened version to the non sugar sweetened version is a good step, I believe.
2: Ah, oh, that's great advice. Thank you. And also, you know, with regards to having water, we can make it taste better. We can. Um, I know that there's certain brands who do offer cold tea so you can put a tea bag in that and you know that doesn't have sugar in it um but there's also adding things like herbs putting some mint in your tea we can Mm -hmm. put things like lemon there but you we've also got to be aware of the effect of on our teeth again but there's lots of different alternatives to make uh water taste better too
3: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of squash.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know,
3: I, I drink way more fluid because of squash. And, yeah. I and you know, and I choose, you know, just from personal preference, I choose the sugar-free squashes yeah. because then I don't have to worry about the sugar content.
2: <laughs> Great piece of advice. Thank you so much. Um, and how can the British Soft Drinks Association help?
3: Yeah, so the British Soft Drinks Association. If people want to learn more, particularly about sweeteners, um, there's a really good sweeteners education resource on the British Soft Drinks Association website. Um, that's actually been indor- endorsed for um, for learning by the mm-hmm. British Dietetic Association. Brilliant. So, so if you're if you're interested in nutrition or working in that area, which I know some people who, who are listening will be, mm-hmm. you can go to that um, resource centre. There are infographics, uh, there are videos, um, interviews, the videos of me <laughs> talking about. <laughs> sweeteners. Um, so, so yeah, that's really good. Um, people can go and make use of that.
2: Oh, fabulous. Well, thank you so much for sharing that advice with us today. Um, we're so close to the end of the show, but before we get on to those little statements that we made at the beginning, um, are you able to summarise for us some advice that you would you know, give coming out of this show um, about sugar-sweetened beverages?
3: Yeah, my advice is that sugar-sweetened beverages... Um, can have a place in the diet Mm -hmm. that we're individuals we we need to be able to make an informed choice Mm -hmm. Um, and choosing between a sugar sweetened beverage and a non-sugar sweetened beverage will will vary from person to person and day to day depending on their own personal circumstances and priorities Um, but if we want to reduce our free sugar intake um, there are some really great great swaps out there that people can do to still enjoy their favorite things without feeling like they're missing out
2: fabulous thank you for those very wise words (laughs) so we're now at that point of the show where we're ready for those you know questions those uh truth and false statements that we made at the beginning and to really dive into some of those and answer them for our listeners and I chose these five because I think they're questions that come up quite often so are you ready Mm. to answer them for us
3: go for it yeah go for it
2: fabulous the first one we said was that all sugar is bad for our health false and why is it false
3: (laughs) um because if all sugar is bad for our health we would have to all, avoid all fruit mm-hmm. uh, we would have to avoid milk and, mm-hmm. and dairy uh, milk and yogurt um so so no it's not true and and as and and you know as part of a healthy diet even some free sugar is okay uh, particularly if you're not overweight and particularly if you haven't got diabetes so so absolutely false <laughs> great
2: thank you the second one i said was sweeteners can be a good alternative to sugar
3: true Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think we just answered that one we absolutely didn't
2: we um (laughs) it i guess we were saying how you know don't uh swap out all sugar for sweeteners and just stop there Uh, Mm um you know having focusing on things like water is the best alternative but they can be a good stepping stone and a good alternative in some situations
3: it's about a whole diet approach isn't it you know if you you know if you if you've previously had loads of sugar on your weetabix um, Mm. you know try slicing some strawberries you know
2: oh my goodness I had this morning a banana and I'm not it was so overripe it should really have gone in like something like a banana cake but I just didn't have the time to make that today so I put it on my breakfast and I was. sweet
3: (laughs) yeah there's lots of natural sweetness we can make use of as well isn't there
2: absolutely absolutely the third one I said was the sugar in fruit juice is different to that in soft drinks
3: (laughs) Mm, I'm going to have to say true and false (laughs)
2: yeah it's a complicated one
3: (laughs) it is a complicated one because uh, chemically speaking you know it is different Mm -hmm. Um, um, however from a nutritional point of view it might not be better
2: Yes, and that's so. specifically referencing the sugar in it. But then mm. as we spoke about at the beginning, there can be uh, other nutritional benefits to having, um, say, an orange juice versus a Coca-Cola.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and then the fourth one was carbonated drinks are worse than still drinks for our health.
3: Hmm. Depends which aspect of health we're talking about. Okay. Now, the, the, the thing about carbonated drinks is that they... Um, the carbonation process makes them slightly acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, But that's the same of lots of drinks. You know, like you said, putting lemon in your water um, or fruit juice or, you know, other other drinks are slightly acid. Um, And so if you compare the acidity of still water to anything that's fizzy, Mm -hmm. um, then water has the edge. um, You know, and if you're asking a dentist, they would say that. Um, But, you know, if you're not consuming them all day, every day Mm -hmm. um, and you haven't got any problems with your teeth, then... not not a big problem
2: yeah our big thing there is is the dental aspect of it it's Mm. really interesting though to consider that because i definitely get it quite quite often which is uh how about fizzy water over plain water and really if you're thinking about the teeth so do you have good um dental care but then is it is having fizzy water going to make you drink more is it going to encourage your fluid intake are you having that with a straw? You know, there's other things that mm-hmm. we can put in place there which can help as well.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
2: And the fifth and final one I'd said was that some soft drinks can have functional benefits.
3: Mm, absolutely, they can, yeah. So they might have some sort of supplements in mm-hmm. them that mm. you're that you're trying to achieve. So I saw um, I saw somebody online the other day that had um, I think it was a, a sports drink or some sort of. Um, um, energy drink that had creatine in it. So mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously helping to meet their fitness goals. Mm. You know, it could be that you're drinking um, you know, your smoothie, for example, um, in the you know, recommended portions we are talking about earlier, a bit like yep. fruit juice, yeah. um, is gonna contain fiber. Yeah. Um, you know, you might be getting calcium if it's mm-hmm. made with milk and yogurt. So so functional from that point of view, mm-hmm. um, but also functional in that they, you know, they may have well have had things added to them. Yeah. Um yeah, so so anything that supports your nutrition goals, that's got the the nutrients that you're looking for, or supplements added mm. to them. Some of them have um, some of them have vitamins and minerals added to them as well. So you know, if you don't like taking um, vitamin and mineral supplements, then maybe these drinks are an alternative for you. Yeah,
2: fortified drinks. It's a really interesting point. Um, and I also just wanted to wrap up this show by because we'd said about the recommendations earlier, and and we'd chatted about that quickly. Um, but also just to highlight, you know, it is so individual, both for your body size, as we had earlier highlighted but also you know the weather is it a hot day um are you exercising that day i know there's lots of different recommendations you know if you're a marathon runner how long are you exercising for you know it will be different if you're going to run it quickly or if you're going to jog it slowly throughout the day um so Mm -hmm. i really wanted to highlight that for people and you Mm -hmm. know if you are confused do reach out to a healthcare professional such as dr paul your registered dietitian or if you're not sure where to start go to your gp and ask for some further advice on this
3: excellent tips <laughs>
2: wow thank you so much dr Paul, uh for joining me today uh, on the reset on river radio it has been so great chatting with you all about sugar sweeteners and sugar sweetened and non-sugar sweetened beverages You can find Dr. Paul and the British Soft Drinks Association online. Uh, Today you have been listening to River Radio. If you have missed today's show all about sugar and uh, sweetened beverages and would like to listen again, you can find The Reset on the website at river.radio or on most podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify and Google. I'll be back the same time next week with another show. But until then, keep on listening to River Radio. Coming up next, you have Stage Door. Enjoy and I'll see you soon. I'm going to play us out to a couple of final songs. So we're going to play Vienna by Bre- Greta Gray. And then we're going to play Black and White by Niall Horan. I hope you enjoy.
0: Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This this is River Radio.
5: Ooh.
0: Well.
5: Get what you want or you can just get old, you're gonna kick off before you eat. you need though you can see when you're wrong you know you can't always see when you're right you're right you've got your passion you've got your pride but don't you know Why don't you realise Piano waits for you
0: Dive in To River Radio That first night
1: we were standing at your door Fumbling for your keys and I kissed you Ask me if I want to come inside Cause we didn't want to end the night Then you took my hand and I followed you Sitting here in your living room Tell stories why while-